Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of our podcast with Ryan and Jared. Back at you guys. This is exciting. This is such an opportunity for us to connect with you on a consistent basis. And hopefully we're adding some solid value to your lives. We hope. You can only hope. <laughs> We've got a few things that we want to address today. And hopefully you're not listening passively, but you're seeing how you can apply the principles that we talk about in here, because at least for us, we've seen them have a tremendous impact on our own lives and others that we've had a chance to coach over the years. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I think like being a leader, one of the things I've always focused on and hopefully being able to give you guys is providing real value. Uh, and I've always been a big proponent. You can read books. You can listen to podcasts, you can listen to your mentors, but it does you no good if you don't actually take the information and apply it to your life. So make sure everybody's gonna get a golden nugget here or there like we talked about last time. Take from this what is going to speak to you the most and ask yourself, how can I apply this and how can I apply this today? Um, Harvard Business actually did a study on this very subject. They actually evaluated those who made, you know, I think it was $50,000. What was the biggest difference between those that made $50,000 a year in sales versus $250,000? The number one biggest difference was speed of implementation. Meaning as soon as a sales rep heard good training or good information, how quickly did they implement that information? Makes a massive, massive impact. Yeah, yeah, taking that immediate and massive action. You know, I've even shared this on some of the personal development calls and even right here, but if you're listening to something and, and Jared pops out a golden nugget, you're like, oh my gosh, there's nothing wrong with you pausing right now and going, okay, cool. I got to do something right now, right? Literally right now. Cause there's, you know, there's, there's almost this comfort in procrastination at times. I yeah. think we all battle it, right? So we, we wait till next week or we wait till next year. You know, we wait till Monday and instead of doing it right this second, I, I think that's profound. Um, you know, it's interesting in introducing the, the subject of leadership. You know, I feel like a lot of times we all do this, right? Mm -hmm. but, but salespeople oversimplify what's required to be a great leader. Yeah. And most of the time what we do is we look at the arena that we're currently working in, Right now, whether we're a solar pro or whether we're a solar tech, we're thinking, okay, I got to perform. I got to throw down. I got to produce at the highest level. And then once I arrive, once I feel like I'm putting up solid numbers, then I'm like, okay, I'm ready for management and I'm ready for leadership. And, uh, you know, that's where I think we go wrong, right? You have mastered your craft as a great salesperson, but that doesn't equal you being a great sales leader. Yeah. And in fact, it doesn't even equal you being a great sales manager. You know, I think there's a stark difference between being a manager and a leader, right? You've seen the image of the one person who's cracking the whip as the manager, the other person who is helping lead the charge from the front as a leader, one that looks at their experience as I'm willing to do anything that my people ask of me. But not only that, it means that we are putting the same effort in the leveling up as leaders, meaning that, just like you said, we're reading the books, we're watching the podcasts, we are 
acting as a leader without a title, right? We go, how can I lift others? How can I contribute value, right, to the other people on the team, even without that title? So by the time the opportunity comes around, you have already acted as a leader without the title. And so it's a lot easier to step in those types of roles. Yes, you have the salesmanship, that box is checked, but now the more difficult one is that you have actually lived being a leader. And I think that's a big difference that a lot of times, you know, salespeople don't, don't quite understand. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think like us as leaders, sometimes you, you hear like leaders on a watchtower, right? They can see kind of the whole vast picture. They can have that 30,000 foot view. Uh, and obviously having, having been a manager, having been a rep, rep myself, and then eventually becoming a manager, there are certain, certain stories, certain things that I've learned along the way. I remember talking to a manager yesterday actually about this. And I thought about Jared, what can I do? Like, how can I grow? How can I con continue to develop? How can I, I wanna open up another office. I wanna eventually become a regional manager. I wanna do this and that and the other. I talked to him, I said, I love the ambition. It's awesome, it's great. You might think that, hey, we don't want you to open up another office because we don't want you to grow or progress. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And I told him, if you, do, if you skip steps, if you try to go and do this without first doing this, everything is going to crumble. And I think that's one of the things that's really important to remember is a lot of times somebody can see, oh wow, that looks really cool having two offices, three offices. I wanna, I wanna get off the doors. I wanna just go lead and manage. If a leader let you do that, let's say, cool, we're gonna let you go open up three offices and not go and personally sell. <laughs> that would be terrible. That would be one of the worst things that that leader could do for you. It'd be terrible advice because you're trying to skip steps. Uh, another thing I told this, this, uh, this manager as well is focus on, once again, creating value, adding value. Let's just say if we took somebody from, the, from outside the organization had no relationships, had no value built here and said, cool, you're gonna be over all these people now, right? It'd probably be anarchy. Because yeah. once again, that person coming from the outside hasn't actually built any value. So that's why I love this topic, um, whether it's being a great salesman, whether it's being a really powerful leader and being able to live into powerful systems and processes. Kind of the common denominator amongst all of this is value, right? And so I always look at like, as a salesperson, how does a salesperson add value? One of the best ways that they do that is through personal production, right? And a manager, how do they add value? For them, it's being able to have a strong system and process and living into that system and process and ensuring each rep is doing that as well. Yeah, and I think that speaks really well to your scalability, right? To the scope that you can handle as a leader. You know, it's so far too often great salespeople are artists, right? Yeah. They're artists of their craft. And, you know, even their coaching and teaching of what they do is artistic in nature because that's how they arrived, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of times those artists, they might be good in coaching one person mm -hmm. or a couple people or maybe maybe a team because they're right there under their nose yeah. and they can be with them and they can just kind of massage into the training and coaching and whatnot. But if you want to take it to that next level, once again, you're speaking to a whole nother skill set as a leader, mm -hmm. which is how can I plug someone into a system and process 
almost like a factory where I, I plug them in and it kicks that person out the other end and they are a producer, yeah. right? That is the difference between you being able to have a scope of five to 10 people that you can coach and lead and an organization of 300, yeah. right? Because you just can't physically be in all those places at once. And we've seen this firsthand, right? We've had leaders that have had the stewardship over the entire organization. And we quickly learned we, they were only as good as when they were physically in front of someone, yeah. right? And that's just, that just doesn't work. So if in your minds right now you're thinking, oh my gosh, how can I become that area manager, that solar pro manager, that regional, right? That director over, over you know, multiple regions. Like how can I be that? It's starting to think of how can you take what you do so great and turn it into a system and process mm -hmm. so that people can come in and duplicate that through that type of model, so. Yeah, well, and one thing I'd add to that too, and Ryan absolutely nailed it. One, you're able, if you're a salesperson, once again, how do you add value, which is being able to create as many accounts as possible, right? At the end of the day, doing revenue producing activities, being able to add revenue not only to yourself, but the company. Some people, sometimes people come in and say, oh, I wanna do this and this and this for you. And there's not a really direct line from what they wanna do to revenue. There will be a massive breakdown if that's the case. That's why if you're a salesperson, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Understand the system and process. Keep it as simple as possible. Do all you can to go really deep. If you're a solar tech and being able to close as many deals as possible, if you're a solar pro going out there, hitting as many doors as possible, learning the craft. A lot of times people are just thinking the next month or maybe the next two. For Ryan and I, we're looking at the next year, two, three, four, five years, right? What you do now will determine what you're able to do in three, four, five years. I look back to my own story and I think in the beginning how much it sucked, honestly, right? right? Ryan talks about eat, eating crap, right? For the first few years. It is something, it is something so sacred to me though now to where I can always, I always have that as my story, right? It's turned into such a gift, such a blessing that I can use forever now. So I always tell that for, for those leaders, or if they're just like, ah, oh, I just wanna get into leadership, I wanna, I don't wanna continue to sell and stuff like that. Look at this as such a great opportunity because you can't skip steps once again. And I would say once, the first step is you become a great personal producer. I would say the second step, go to your leader and ask, how can I help out? How can I take on a leadership role? And one of the big things with that, we've talked about this a few times, once again, don't feel like, and I, oh, I better get a promotion and better get this big raise. Um, in my story, I can't tell you how many times where I was given responsibility, I wasn't paid for it, right? And I think that was such a powerful lesson because that way then when I became a manager, I didn't have to learn that lesson. When I asked somebody else to do something, they, if they ever complained, I said, hey, listen, I get it, I understand right? I'm asking you to do something else additional. Just understand when I was in your role and I took on additional responsibility, I didn't get paid anything extra, right? And I'm grateful I didn't get paid anything extra because eventually it's going to set you up so that in a year or two from now, when you as a rep are now a manager and you have to have that conversation with the rep, you can speak from a place of power and you can tell them, hey, I'm asking you to do this because it's going to be good for your learning. It's going to be good for your development. Yeah, I think you know, another um, take on this, a, a paradigm shift, if you will, is when you are gunning for another opportunity, right? You want to level up. I, I get it that 
uh, you know, sometimes our hearts are in the right place, but I feel like also, and maybe if it's even just a little bit there, we're looking for that manager position to bail us out. Yeah. Right? 100%. All of a sudden now, maybe I don't have to be on the doors as much, or I don't have to be in homes selling, selling as much. And man, that, that just doesn't bring a great energy to the next level, right? If, if you are trying to avoid that work, even if it's at a subconscious level, I feel like your people feel it. Yeah. They're like, you're thinking, man, you poor suckers are out there in the field, yeah. right? And I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm here in my ivory tower. Like, I, I've always felt like you should take it on to where you are killing it. You're absolutely killing it as a tech, as a pro. And you almost don't want to move up. Because you go, hey, you know what? I know what I'm getting here. I'm so effective, mm. right? I'm making great money. Like, I feel like I'm at the top of my game. And I know, principally, that I need to grow and expand. I know it. But you know what? I, it's, it's not there to bail me out. It's an opportunity to help me level up. But, you know, I wouldn't also mind staying where I'm at, you know? And I, I think that there's a, there's a balance there. So make that next opportunity that comes along, one of which, you know what, like it's, it's an opportunity for me to grow. It's a chance for me to come better. It's a chance for me to level up, but I'm also willing to embrace how great this experience was when I left it. Yeah. Not just the fact that I petered out and now, thank goodness, a lifeline to become a leader. Because I'm telling you right now, we've seen firsthand those types of leaders that approach it like that are terrible. Uh, you know, I think one of the things too, like we've heard this in the past as well, uh, especially in interviewing, recruiting people. It's weird. I feel like sometimes people have a different idea of management too, right? Yeah. What does it mean to manage, right? And it's once again, not a knock against them. Maybe they had a job before to where it was different. Obviously what we do at Encore is very specific and we demand something very specific from our people, right? Uh, one of those things when it comes to management, I felt like we've talked to these people before, Oh, well, you know, I just want to manage. I want to, I don't really want to be out in the field. I more so just want to be behind a desk. I want to help answer phone calls. I'm really good at answering questions. I know so much about solar. I know I could, oh, I could help with customers. I could do that, do that. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, where point A, which is you, to point B, which is actually adding value and generating revenue, like you're over here, then down here. It's not a really clear line from point A to point B. And that becomes a big, big problem. And that's the thing for us, especially in sales. We're here, we wanna know exactly where we have to go to be able to add, uh, add value and add revenue to the company. So we've always talked about here at Encore Solar and taking 100% responsibility as being one of our guiding principles. If you're a manager, you're not sitting back at the office, right? You don't have a day off, right? You can't have an off day or a bad day. Right? If one of your reps calls you and is in a home, maybe they're kind of struggling, maybe they're new, maybe they've been with you for a year, you've got to be on and dialed, right? And that's one of the tasks, that's one of the things you've got to develop as a leader. You have to always be sharp. Uh, you can't be it to where, hey, you know what guys, I'm tired, we're just gonna skip the meeting tomorrow. That is absolute death to an office, right? That's cancerous. And unfortunately, there just is no excuse for a manager not showing up their best selves, right? It, the most powerful. Now, it doesn't mean that the manager has to do everything, right? Yeah, it, it doesn't mean that they have to go sell all the accounts. 
They have to do all the account management. They have to knock all the doors. That's not an office, right? That's a one, that's a one man army. But let's just say if an office is struggling for production and there's just not a lot of energy, not a lot of momentum, whose shoulders does that fall on? The manager, 100% every single time without question. Now, as the office grows, you get more techs, more pros. As a leader, it is your responsibility to then put additional pillars in place that are gonna help the structure of the office. That's why we talk about team leads. Um, I, I spoke with a manager again yesterday, told him, you know, you can have the best, most competent manager in the world, and they're not gonna be able to manage 30 people. I don't care how good they are. So I would say, you know, if you have five people, six people, seven people hired, have a team lead and have delegate certain responsibilities to that person. That's gonna help you be able to build and scale. And then once again, if there's something missing from the office, whether it's production, whether it's coaching, whether it's value added to the meetings, all of that falls on the manager. Yeah, no, I, I, and I think it, it leads well into something you've already discussed, which is being focused on revenue producing activities, right? Like if we think that we're just now, I always call them the pencil sharpeners, right? All these pencils, they gotta be sharpened. And so you're in the, right? It's just not a useful time spent. And you know, a lot of times, I, I think new leaders don't exactly quite know where they should be allocating their time. And I feel like, like when in doubt, there's nothing wrong with you getting out there and leading from the front in your personal performance. I mean, when you're brand new at this, you at least will know that. Mm -hmm. You know how to do that and you can lead the charge. And I've, yes. I've shared stories before where I've had a chance to work with different managers and you know, you see some that gosh, they seem to be doing all the things right. They're, you know, reading the books and they're, you know, shoulders to cry on when, they're, when their reps need it. They, they seem to lead a solid team meeting. But, you know, when the office is, is young, it still is going to require that person to lead from the front because there's no one else there to create the belief system, mm -hmm. especially early on, right, in an immature office. And then I've seen leaders that weren't that great, like, you wouldn't have been jacked to have this person be your manager. They actually didn't even seem to really care heavily about their reps. But once again, they're new to this. They didn't know anything else but personal production. They would get out there and they would just freaking throw down. Yeah. And you know what? If I look at this, the, those two tails, the team that had the managers that were leading from the front, throwing down with personal production, even though they sucked the other stuff, those were the ones that were beating the ones that seemed to be handling everything perfectly. Oh. And I think that there's a balance there, right? That's obviously we would love to have both of those worlds kind of come together, mm. right? Where you are totally dedicated and committed to doing all the right things that John Maxwell or whatever thought leader would tell you to do. And you're not above leading from the front, especially when there's no one else there to do it. And the thing about it is like, you know, we've, we've talked about people wanting to uh, be out of the home more or be off the doors more. And my hallucination in this is I don't care what position you're holding within the company, you have to stay sharp if you want to continue to contribute value, right? If you're retired and you haven't been involved in the arena in a year, two years, five years, the arena changes, yeah. right? And so now what type of golden nuggets and value can you contribute? If you're still a sales manager, you're still training on sales, right? But if all of your stuff is stuck in the stone age, 
what type of value can you continue to contribute, right? So I think oftentimes too, that as offices progress, we don't quite know what to do with ourselves when we have that team of 30, right? So now how does my time get spent? And at the end of the day, once again, let's go back to those revenue producing activities. Spend your time connecting with the people to help coach them up to being better at their craft. When given time, you get out there and you hustle and you throw down as well. In fact, I would hope that you almost have some anxiety around that. Knowing, gosh, it's been a couple days. I got to get out there. I got to make sure I'm sharp. I got to make sure that, that the people see me willing to do the things that we're asking of them. Right? Like, I, I just feel like it's absolutely critical that we understand that just because other people are starting to do heavy lifting from a personal production standpoint, and maybe it doesn't require as much of you, that you still keep your hand in there, and you are totally obsessed with maybe replacing some of those hours with other revenue-producing activities. Not a, you know, get-out-of-jail pass to go and sit and chill. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about this a lot with managers, new managers, you know, maybe before they've come on, right when they've come on, like, oh, I wanna, I wanna be able to get an office space or I wanna be able to do this big social media campaign or I wanna do this big grand thing in my market, right? That's just sometimes some crazy ideas we've heard, right? And we'll always say like, cool, awesome, love the ambition, let's just start with a sale though. <laughs> let's start then with three sales, five sales. 10 sales, let's get into double digits on a weekly basis. I, I like to compare it to like, oh, I wanna, I wanna go sailing, right? I wanna go, get, you know, I wanna have the nicest sail, right? And you just, if you try to go in the ocean with just a sail, like you ain't got nothing. That isn't a boat, right? It's the same thing I'd say, I'd say to the manager, that's not an office. If you have this cool social media campaign, I love it, <laughs> totally. it's cool. Or you got awesome business cards. Let's just build the actual foundation of the boat, right? Let's just make sure that when we put this boat in the water, it's not going to sink. That way then, once we have the foundation built, maybe we have a, a, a deck, we have some other things. Once we have some things built, then we can worry about the, the mast or the sail and how cool it is, right? I always think back to like my early days in managing solar, you know, with, uh, gosh, eight, nine years ago with Evolve Solar, I remember I drove down to Phoenix and knew there was an opportunity to manage there. There was nothing there in, in, in Arizona. I remember driving down there, I got there. The same day I drove down, I drove right to area to start knocking doors, just to, just to figure it out. And on that first day, did I want like a massive office and a bunch of reps and a bunch of swag and cool things? Of course, like I wanted those things. It didn't mean I didn't want those things, but once again, I, I hadn't proved anything. There was no value there, right? I couldn't go and ask, give me an office, do this, do that, right? I would have felt like an idiot, yeah. honestly, yeah, if yeah. I did that. Yeah. So I remember Look when I first- before me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember when I first started that office, I was interviewing people in my kitchen, right? We didn't have an office. And most people were totally fine with it. I think I only had like a couple people out of probably like 100 people. Oh, where? <laughs> yeah, this is your office. <laughs> oh no, yeah, this is our office. This is not a kitchen, what are you talking about? But once again, back to what I said before, I have a lot of reverence and respect for that part of my story, even though back then it kind of sucked. It's funny though now, right? Totally. And it just helps to develop that character. And so don't ever shun away from that. If you're a manager, if you're a rep, 
maybe you're starting a brand new market. And sometimes you have to do some of those team meetings or uh, kind of those infield meetings and they're not under ideal circumstances. Appreciate that, have gratitude for that, right? And think of it instead of like, man, this is where we're at. Think of it instead, this is where we're at. We're gonna go over here though. We're just at step one. Yep. Can't wait till we're at step 10. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and still lean into it, yeah. right? Like own it, like this is totally fine. This is totally normal. This is just is what it is, right? I think oftentimes we start to apologize, mm -hmm. right? Or we feel embarrassed or sheepish, you know? The, the, the reality is, is we are absolutely committed to a certain outcome. These are just going to be simple steps that are going to eventually lead us to where, where we want to go. So I, I think that's, uh, that's super profound. I think oftentimes we, we want to oversimplify it. We want to skip some of those steps. Yeah. But it's in those moments where maybe it's a little dark, yeah. right? Maybe a little gray. Maybe uh, we just aren't that inspired. Mm. It's in those moments where I feel like it really tests our character. And when we arrive, that journey is a hell of a lot more fun yeah. if it was difficult, right? And so much more rewarding. And the growth that occurs from that as opposed to immediately beeline, streamline, and you've arrived. And it's like, get rich quick right? You just cheat yourself on so much growth that could have been had, had you been willing to, as you say, you know, embrace, embrace that journey. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, they even say like, you know, even those that win the lottery, right? Yeah. They're, they're broke. They're in the same situation that they're in within, I think, was it five years or yeah. so? Once again, that just goes back to because they haven't gone through that journey. They haven't learned those principles that are gonna help them sustain that wealth, right? Totally. They didn't really earn it. Yeah, and, and they don't value that wealth. No, no. Right? Like when you have blood, sweat, and tears in it, Yeah. you treat that drastically differently. 100%, you know? yeah. So. so yeah, don't cheat, don't cheat somebody that experience. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. Guys, that's all we have for this week's podcast. Once again, take notes from this stuff, right? How can you apply this to your life? If you're a manager, think of not only for yourself, but also your people take specific notes. Maybe there's somebody, a rep, maybe somebody you're recruiting, you're talking to, think, oh wow, that's, that's what they need to hear. Write that stuff down, internalize it, and we'll see you next week. Thanks everyone.